like Tom Brady. Oh, so you're introducing it? Yeah, I'll, I'll just introduce real quick and then we can play it. <clears throat> oh. Okay, where are we? No, you can stay there. That's fine. We don't need you for this episode. <laughs> we just need to get in your room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. I'm done. <laughs> it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> like every single time he says it. <laughs> in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warmbold. Each month, they've sworn to tackle two or three movies and remind us all why we fell in love with them in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. at the 30-something movie podcast and we're so glad that you are this time around we're looking at three more movies from 1984 and 1985 we're going to be looking at conan the destroyer red sonia and commando all three of these arnold schwarzenegger movies this time around Bo and jeff couldn't join us this time unfortunately they had been abducted and they're being held on a small island off the coast of valverde pat is currently in the process of suiting up to go rescue them in the meantime, sit back, relax, and let off some steam with us as we take a look at these three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies from 1984 and 1985. Before we get started with the actual episode, though, there was something big that hit today, uh, the new Star Wars trailer for The Force Awakens. And so I wanted to show these guys uh, the trailer because I think I'm, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I'm the only person that's seen it so far. Have you guys seen it yet? No? Okay. So because that hit today and because it's big and because Star Wars is mostly 80s stuff, um, we're going to go ahead and play that right now so these guys can see it. We'll spend a few minutes talking about it and then we'll get on into our 30-year-old movies. So whenever you are ready, sir.
Empire. What do you think? I'm the big Star Wars fan, so I don't need to say you anything. Wanna, you want to wait? Then? I don't need to say anything. Yeah. That's the twelfth time I've watched it, and I still got goosebumps. So <laughs> I can't wait till Christmas, man. I'm, gonna stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna be it's excited. It's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna be excited for like the next like I don't know how many months are left. I'm not bringing. Yeah. Just that beginning scene where you see the the the, uh, uh, the ships that are crash landing. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I predict it will be better than the last, like you know, series of three because. Oh yeah, well. And I don't know if it's the J.J. Abrams influence in there. There's something that's going to be more real. Whether where the other one got to get really started to get CGI and almost just silly and almost embarrassing <laughs> at certain points. Yeah. Where I think this will be a more solid movie that is more contemporary and fits today. Well, and I think I think he pur- I think he said he purposely wanted to go with more practical effects and, yes. the, and less. And less. Not that there's CGI. not any CGI there's or green be, screen, yeah, but, but there will be, but. That it was going to be. But more. It won't be so obvious that right. it, will, it will blend my almost closer to what I think he did with Star Trek. Yeah. When he made that first version of Star Trek, which I think was a big hit for even Trekkies, you know, it was because like, the no, first Star Trek, done. the yeah. first Star Trek is a great Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard p- people that don't like it, like Star Trek fans that don't like it. I've heard them say Star Trek and even Star Trek Into Darkness are great Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I'm, I thought it was, you know. Yeah, but I, I did. I liked well, the first Star Trek. And he showed he showed that he knew the franchise because even just the way he rebooted, he didn't really reboot the Star Trek thing. Like no. he showed. I mean, what is Star Trek always? It's always like you know the timeline gets skewed up, and then they. I don't know if that's even a term. To save, save some whales. And, yeah, and then, but then they fix it, right? right? But in that one, it, it. like like you always say, Back to the Future, the timeline skewed it's into this. Turn, but then he doesn't fix it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, all the Trekkie fans like. Because they've seen like four different series and eight different movies, and they get that, you know. So it, it gives them a little bit of. So I think the bottom line is that J.J. Abrams seems to kind of, you know, respect a little bit of the, the franchise and know the fan base, you know, and what they like. And and he's not perfect, but I give him always hundred percent for trying. Yeah. And he has a playfulness to making films that's like I said, infectious. And and I, and, and I don't think he's doing this to make money. He's doing it because he wants to make a really cool Star Wars movie. Harrison Ford Don't adds some credence. When he appears on screen, that's just like, mm-hmm. all right, this is going to be awesome. Because the first trailer didn't feature Luke Skywalker no. or Han Solo at all. This is the first where they mentioned Leia. And- I like all the scenes of stuff that we grew up with being like so ultra powerful, like the Darth Vader mask and the starship. And I think that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Crashed into the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, like these images of just power. Oh, no. You know that. What's your favorite part of it? Of that trailer? Yeah. I think just trying to figure out what has been going on for the last 30 years, if it's supposed to be 30 years in the future. Because then they make it look like that, you know, there's the big celebration at the end of Return of the Jedi, and you're like, yay, the good guys won, but then they're kind of making this look like, no, the war has still been going on for, you've got all these crashed ships, you've got all these, you know, the Empire has, you know, new armor, new weapons, new TIE fighters, new everything, and, and I'm like, okay, well, then does that mean that the rebels have still been rebels the entire time? Like they never took over. They never. They never actually won. They've still been fighting for the last thirty years. It'll be interesting to see what role he plays in that movie. I know he's playing Han Solo, but I wonder if it's mm-hmm. a big part, if it's a small little cameo type thing. Do we know if it's more? Have you read? The rumors are it's a bigger part. Okay. Like that he plays a bigger part than Luke Skywalker does. Okay. 
Well, originally, didn't he not like the role because he always thought Han Solo should die or perish or something? <clears throat> yeah, he wanted Han Solo to die in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's why they froze him at the end of the movie, because he wanted it out. So they were given the possibility. Right. So then if he, the if he were to die in between those two movies, then off screen they could say, oh, you know, he, he got delivered to Jabba the Hutt and Jabba the Hutt killed him. And then Return of the Jedi could then go forward. Or he could just left it there for a while. Right. That's why Somehow. actors shouldn't necessarily be writers. I mean, all right. due respect to Harrison Ford. Right. You know, I mean, but no, he he did not like. Is it the typecast? He did not like Han Solo. He he liked Indiana Jones, and he wanted to do more Indiana Jones. Which is weird because I think the Han Solo character is cooler than Indiana Jones. After a while, after a while, like the first few minutes started to get kind of just. Uh, to me, it's like Back to the Future. I think the first couple are good, and then all of a sudden, it just goes. Yeah. You didn't like the Wild West movie. I actually liked that one. Did you? I thought I, I thought did. back to the tops on it. <laughs> when I said I didn't like, I didn't hate it. I right. just didn't like. See, I've heard people that say it, and I almost well, think I it went yeah. first one, second one dip, third one recovered. Yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. Over overall, I do like the first and third one better. First there are there are parts like I like the future parts of the second one. I don't necessarily like the alternate nineteen eighty five yeah. stuff in the that one. That's not as interesting to me. I do like the parts where he's trying to sneak around in the in the fifties and not run into himself and. I like Strickland. And yeah. when he shows up as oh, a Martian, exactly the and same he looks like it his son, and he says, that's right, son, remember, never give him an inch. <laughs> Discipline. You got it, Pop. Or, okay, Pop. Yeah. You know, ah, that's cool. <laughs> no matter what timeline. Slacker. <laughs> Our three movies this time are Conan the Destroyer, uh, Commando, and Red Sonja. Um, so let's go ahead. I know Pat's really excited to talk about Commando. So let's go ahead and start with Conan and Red Sonja. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, save the best for last. We're going to make him wait. In his first adventure, he stole the treasure of three kings and crushed the empire of an evil sorcerer. But his biggest triumph was at the box office. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is back as Conan the Destroyer to join forces with a wizard and a warrior, a runaway, and a renegade. Pursued by the armies of hostile kingdoms, they must stop a queen who will rule the world or destroy it. A band of outcasts in a battle to free the earth. Bill Jones, Wilk Chamberlain, Mako, Sarah Douglas, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan. The Destroyer, the all-new adventures of the most powerful legend of them all. Her courage was forged out of fire. Her power, a gift of the gods. Her destiny, to become a glorious new hero. Red Sonya. Only one man on Earth is man enough to win her. Don't be a fool. Try it. 
to love her. To join her great adventure. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Lord Calador. Kill them. Two legends unite to destroy the Earth's greatest evil. God, Majesty, what you want? The world, Eichel! We must find a way in. Schwarzenegger. Why not? Brigitte Nielsen. A warrior. A woman. A magnificent new legend. So Conan and Red Sonia. Let me pull up my information I got here. I have, we'll kind of talk about the two of these together since they're very similar, and in some ways Red Sonja was originally meant to be kind of a Conan sequel, so so Conan the Destroyer, a little information, uh, was a 1984 movie, and it was produced by the De Laurentiis family, um, in particular Raffaella De Laurentiis, um, written by, the novels were originally written by Robert E. Howard, um, so Conan and Red Sonja were originally his characters. And then the screenplay was written by um, somebody named Stanley Mann. And then the story itself was written by Roy Thomas and another man named Jerry Conway, which, interestingly enough, both of those guys are actually comic book writers. They're not movie writers. So you get a little bit of the comic book feel in some of these movies. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan the Sumerian, Sarah Douglas as Queen Taramis, Grace Jones as Zula, Wilt Chamberlain in his one and only movie role as Bombada, uh, Mako, or Mako, sorry, as Akiro, Olivia Dabo as Jenna, uh, Tracy Walter as Malik the Thief, and then there were a couple of other notable actors that were in here. Pat Roach, who was in pretty much every mythological sword and sorcery movie that ever got made. Um, he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, actually he was in all three Indiana Jones movies. He was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, he was in Clash of the Titans, he was also in Red Sonja. Um, and although you don't see his face on screen, Andre the Giant was in this movie as the uh, giant creature at the very end, the final battle with Dagoth, the horned god. Um, let's see, it was originally, this one was rated PG, and that'll be something we'll talk about, because the original Conan the Barbarian was not rated PG. Uh, its budget was about $18 million, and it always depends on what website you look at, but the one I found said that its box office, it made about $100 million. So a quick synopsis. Uh, Conan is charged by Queen Terramis to safely escort her niece Jenna on a quest to find a magical gem that will restore the jeweled horn of the sleeping god Dagoth. Terramis promises to resurrect Conan's love Valeria, who was killed in Conan the Barbarian, spoiler alert for a movie that's nearly 40 years old, and he agrees to the quest. Conan battles ape men, the Queen's guards, and ultimately Dagoth himself to protect Jenna. So what did we think of this one? Uh, you know, I heard Conan the Barbarian was... Uh... 
really, really violent. I didn't see Conan the Barbarian. I only saw Conan the Destroyer. But uh, uh, this was supposed to be like a toned-down family version. And, uh, uh, and you, could tell, you could tell. I mean, um, uh, I think my biggest issue with it was just all the slapstickiness of it uh, with, with Malik And, and uh, you just, you know, uh, uh, I think they're trying to please too many people, trying to make more money with the sequel. It's a classic example how sequels go wrong. Um, uh, you know, out of the three movies that we saw, this one was, uh, this is the I hadn't seen any of them until this week, and this is the first one that I saw, and, and uh, uh, I thought the movies got progressively better. So, you know, I started watching this one, and then Red Sonia, and, and then uh, uh, Commando. So uh, this is the only one of the three where I just was disappointed with. Uh, acting was, was subpar. Um, uh, special effects were, were you know, uh, especially when, when he's fighting the, the man ape in the, mm -hmm. uh, the mirror room. Um, that was awesome. So I thought, I thought uh, Enter the Dragon did it better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. So that's my take. But uh, um, I, I thought it was funny how Will Chamberlain was was supposed to protect the virginity of, of <laughs> Princess Jenna when he had slept, or, you know, supposedly slept with 20,000 women, so. I figured somebody would bring that up. <laughs> now, before you, before you point out all the slapstick and everything else, that you didn't see Conan the Barbarian, when he does punch the camel in this movie, mm -hmm. that was something that happened in Conan the Barbarian, so that was just a repeat of a kind of slapsticky moment. And I Although the camel, the camel puked on him this time, oh, or spit on him, yeah. I did laugh quite a bit on that scene. It, yeah. it just reminded me of Blazing Saddles. Or, yeah. You, know. yeah, I, uh, you actually like it took exactly what I was going to say. Is that uh, typical sequel, just not quite mm -hmm. as good. And just all the, the, you said slapstick, and I said like campiness. It was just campy kind of hee-hee-hee kind of stuff. And I, I, they say that it's supposed to be more for kids. But again, like what age are we talking about? I mean, I... It's not like I'd let like watch it with Dominic. Right. My son, who's you know six. I, I mean, there was still people getting their arms cut off, and right. I, I'm a little confused. Was this the one where like whenever there was a beheading, you saw the head flip up in the air? Was that Red Sonia? That was Red Sonia. That might have, okay. Yeah. So, but there was still, I mean, there was. But still, the two movies are so similar that it's. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there's still enough violence in it that. You know what do you? You don't think you, you don't think him pulling Dagoth's horn out of his head at the end of the movie would give. Dominic nightmares. Yeah, that might be a little bit. That might be a little bit, a uh, little bit rough there, you know. And you're still talking about the virginity of protecting the virginity, and he's left with twenty thousand women, and all that. So if all that's coming up, it's not like that's going to be, right. you know, family pizza night and watch that. So Dad, what's that? What's, what twenty thousand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost like I I read. I think it was probably in, uh, yeah. I think it was IMDb or something that said that yeah they the the studio or whatever wanted to go more of a family approach and the original director said nope I'm out mm -hmm. and this director was against it as well but he kind of reluctantly yeah. went ahead with it and, Schwarz and, and Schwarzenegger didn't want it to be more yeah. family too and it's it's just interesting because it's uh, you know I mean <clears throat> you kind of the, the the suits in the boardroom kind of determined mm -hmm. what it should be and, and it ended up being you know it ended up kind of flopping mm -hmm. the movie a little bit. And they, as I understand it, they pushed the family thing because E.T. had done so well earlier on. And they said, oh, well, if a family movie can do that good, then let's start making more of our movies more family-friendly. And so then, yeah. you know, that was that was one of the reasons. Um, in a couple of places that I read, I said that was one of the reasons they said this one got toned down. And then 
they also said it was one of the reasons, and I hadn't thought of this before, why Arnold doesn't kill anybody when, as a Terminator in Terminator 2, years later, um, they give him the rule that you can't kill anybody because they wanted that movie, even though it was an R, to be more kind of family-friendly and, I guess, you'd watch it with your kids. Yeah, I watched it when I was in 8th grade. So Why did you, yeah. You I watched which one? Uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. So. Yeah. yeah. But it is a, a significantly toned down Oh, yeah. Since, you know, from, from the Terminator. Yeah. So. In England, it actually, the, the Terminator, the first one, was rated 18, because they do the numbers, not PG. Um, Terminator was rated 18, and Terminator 2 was rated 15. So you could, so it's like England's equivalent of a PG-13. Um, they've got the in-between ratings for movies. Yeah, and it, I, it, this, please stop me if it gets off track, but yeah, I had to talk with a friend I used to work with before, you know, this, this job or the summer job, and, and he was a big, big movie guy. And he, it was funny, we had this discussion about movies and R-rated and TV and everything, and his take was always like, you can make a movie fit for TV, but just by taking out a few scenes or bleeping certain words, or it's still an R-rated movie. I mean, the overall content matter, I mean, and that's, that's kind of what I fell in with this. I mean, we're still talking about, I mean, you know, you say that, it, not to argue, but I remember that. They want it to be more like E.T., but put this next to E.T., and it's like... How is that, you know, I mean, there's just overall story. What is going on? And, I mean, I'm probably going to sound less like a kid and more like a, a parent or an adult when I say it, but, I mean, it's still like a whole bunch of violence. Right. Not that I mind, but right. call it what it is, you know. I mean, just. I was, like, I, I'm, I can't remember exactly how old I was when I first saw that, but it was probably around the time it came out. Um, it wasn't at the movie theater. I believe it was because that's, I mean, that year, I think VCR, I'm trying to think when VCRs and everything really started coming to people's household. It might have been around that time. Around 83, 84. I remember, I think, seeing it on, on, D, on not DVD, on VHS. And uh, and it just had a, I, I think, and I remember, I, I'm kind of borrowing this from some other reviewer I read somewhere, and I remember it kind of clicking, but it, it, they described another movie, I don't know what it was, but I, it was kind of like the first one was like a Sean Connery James Bond. And then all of a sudden there's the Roger Moore yeah. James Bond. And this was kind of like the Roger Moore Conan where it was trying to be a little cute and funny and, and, and mm -hmm. kind of the sexy part as well. And then there's sidekicks and there's just – and it came off just very very strange. When you look at a, a Sean Connery Bond, it doesn't have that element. Very, you know, mm -hmm. it takes itself where it's a little bit more credible and then all of a sudden it becomes kind of like and – And I was very surprised by when I rewatched some of the, just the effects and like, – I mean – I don't know. For that type of movie, I just thought some of the effects of like the, the monkey thing and all that. Mm -hmm. It's like, it reminded me of the battle between Kirk and the, the what you call it? The Gorn. Yeah. yeah. Where it was just like, <laughs> yeah. and it was just so funny how quickly, I remember the scene, he flips it like, like he's got him, he's got his arms and it's like they're right there locking, like almost equal strength. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, he's flipping the thing yeah. and then that thing gets up and flips him and I just yeah. like, it was so easy for them to flip yeah. each other yet when they're battling, it was, I just, it was very cheesy. Yeah. Much more cheesier than the first Conan. Yeah. And the cheesiness <clears throat> kind of ruins it after you see. And, and the way when you gave it to me, I actually went, I totally, I think I, I went to Barbarian first. Oh, okay. Then I went to that. I think going back to back very quickly mm -hmm. between those two really made that one worse. Yeah. When you were that young, you saw the other one and it was years before the other one came out. So you had some time in between, a couple of years for it to just yeah. kind of like settle in. This one, it was like back to back. It's like when you watch something back to back, you really see the differences mm -hmm. of yeah. the cheesiness. And, and you know, I mean, you can fall into the special effects trap, <clears throat> but in watching the first Conan, 
it was almost like, you know, it's like the, the dirty hairy line, a man's got to know his limitations. Yeah. The first one, okay, some of the, the, the effects look dated, mm-hmm. but it's like, and correct me if I missed something obvious, they don't overreach. Yeah. They don't try yeah. and do something that, no, no, you know, it's, it's like, we really so can't seems... do this yet. <clears throat> but in the second one, it was like, ah, we can't make it look realistic, yeah. but that's okay. Who cares? Do it go, go, go for it anyway. You right. know, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it, and that was kind of disappointing. It's the first one kind of lived within, it's like, okay, we know we're in 1981 and can't do graphics that we're going to, or effects that we can do 30 years from now, so mm-hmm. we're just going to, you know, do what we can given our constraints, and the second one just kind of. So, I mean, watching the two back-to-back really does make a difference in how you, at least for me, seeing it. Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in the first one, or going in the Barbarian, I know we didn't watch that one, you know, for this, but that one's, it seems like it's much more serious, and it Makes takes itself more seriously, more serious. and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, it, it had been a while since I'd watched that one, too. But I'm watching it, and I'm going, yeah, this, this movie is really long. Like, and I don't know that it was that long. I don't remember how long, what the running time was. But I remember sitting there going, I don't know that Arnold is the best person to be like pensively looking off in the distance for a good like 30 seconds at a time. Because I felt like that was a lot of the movie, that it was you know, like just him standing there looking off in the distance. Did Karen Smiley direct that one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> felt like it. Um, but, you know, you go from, you've got Conan the Barbarian, where you've got the lines like, what is best in life? They'll crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of their women, that stuff, to drunk Conan talking about his ideal woman in Conan the Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> Does anything hurt you? Only pain. Only pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I read somewhere, like I said, I didn't see Conan the Barbarian, mm-hmm. but I read that they really made Conan dumber in this one. And yeah. there's that one scene where they're counting how many uh, uh, guards are fighting, yeah. and uh, uh, Princess Jenna's like six, and he's like one, two, three. Okay, I take your yeah. word for it. And so they're just implying he can't count only yeah. three. Right. So. Um, but you know, actually, jokey, like, it, this, yeah. this this movie reminded me of Phantom Menace in some ways. Okay, just yeah. just kind of like a Jar Jar Binks uh, as Malik, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, uh, they're just trying to appeal to to the, the kids to try to get yeah. them to, to watch this movie. And, and, you know, I didn't watch Conan Destroyer until this uh, this week, but um, I remember the cover of it, mm-hmm. okay, when I was little. And, and just seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger all buff, like he gained like, you know, 15 extra pounds mm-hmm. for this role. And, and uh, I was just like, man, you know, this, this, guy, is, this guy is huge. I, I want to, you know, because I was big into He-Man back then, mm-hmm. and, and this is kind of like a He-Man feel. And, yeah. <laughs> I and I just think that, yeah. that uh, they were just trying to, to, to get these, like, uh, uh, Teenage boys to, to watch this, whereas they couldn't see, you know, Conan the, the Barbarian before. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and like some wasted after. I mean, there were some characters in the first one that didn't make their way through. Like what happened right. to his other buddy. Even the, the storyline got kind of right. You know, just easy things. And I just thought, like with that, <clears throat> the one guy that was the thief. You know, which mm-hmm. I still find funny because they even like are you know like uh, okay nerd alert, but you know the D and D role-playing mm-hmm. like classes okay yeah. conan was like the fighter and yeah. then there was the thief and then yeah. he even fought with daggers which you know and <clears throat> so anyways i you know there was that link going on but even the thief i mean yeah he was kind of the comic relief and it's like eh but then he'd get into a fight and he pulled those like two knives out and be like stabbing guys and it's mm-hmm. like oh that's really cool but then they just it was like wasted opportunity like mm-hmm. you know there, there could have been some really cool fights and choreography and you know and all that so you think they were trying to kind of pander to the D crowd oh i and i i think they were like in both yeah. Yeah. Uh, even Conan the Barbarian, I think, was totally not no not pandering, but I mean, I think yeah. like using that, or D and D built itself around that. I you yeah. know I don't know 
um, you know, the chicken or the egg kind of thing mm-hmm. on that. But um, I just think there it could have been a better movie. Mm-hmm. And there was some really cool things that just kind of, yeah, they 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 just <coughs> amped up the amped up the cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, and you look at I think if you're trying to sue a, a younger audience, it was you mentioned the time. I, I just looked it up now, but it was two hours and nine minutes for Conan the Barbarian. Okay. It's an hour forty three for the other one. So yeah. they shaved almost a half hour off. Yeah. That one, and, and usually when they do that, younger audience less attention span as far right. as time and sitting in the theater. So that's what they that's what they're going for. So and this kind of segues us, and, and we can you know still mention some Conan stuff, but this kind of segues us to Red Sonia, um, because this movie got negative critical reviews, but there was a positive box office. Like the movie did really well. Um, they decided that they were going to kind of team up again for what was going to be kind of a Conan sequel. They had it planned to do, um, I think it was at least one more Conan movie, but the contract that they had with Arnold at the time was, like, they weren't paying him much at all, and as part of the contract, he couldn't, uh, like, for some reason, he couldn't work a full movie at this time because he was going to be in the middle of filming something else. So they decided to kind of take a Conan-type sequel and they'd say, okay, well, we'll bring him in as a supporting character, um, but then we'll kind of build it up around the same world. You know, it's in the same type of kingdom as Conan. You've got the same kind of stuff going on. Um, so then they decided to go ahead and do uh, Red Sonia and then switch over to that. Red Sonia was actually a Marvel Comics character, um, which was based on a character called Red Sonia with a Y instead of a J. Um, that was created by the same writer that created Conan, uh, Robert E. Howard. Um, he used to write a lot of the short stories for the pulp magazines, and um, and so he had written at least one short story that featured this Red Sonia character, and she was supposed to be a kind of a Russian warrior in the, once it was like the 1600s, um, fighting against oppression, and that then by Marvel Comics got turned into Red Sonia, more of the like almost like a Viking or Celtic type warrior with the metal bikini and obviously more appealing to younger male audiences. Um, So then they took that idea of Red Sonja and that's what they decided to use for the movie. So it was kind of a Conan kind of set in the same type of universe. Um, And then they dumped in Arnold Schwarzenegger and originally from what I heard, they were going to call him Conan, but the rights for Conan were being held by another studio. So they couldn't get it. So they had to change his name to Lord Kalidor. So Red Sonja um, was directed by Richard Fleischer and had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Lord Kalidor, or if you want to just call him Conan, sure. I heard that was one of his traveling names, too, like Kalidor, <laughs> you know, like, uh, kind of with, with like, uh, Gandalf and... and uh, oh, like having different names. Yes. As, oh, okay. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Cool. Um, uh, Bridget Nielsen as Red Sonja, who also shows up in Rocky Four, which we are going to talk about later <laughs> this year as Ivan Drago's wife. Uh, Sandal Bergman as Queen Gedrin, <clears throat> who actually, because of the color of her hair in Red Sonia, I did not pick up that she was Valeria in Conan the Barbarian. Um, the, there was a comedian, Paul Smith. Who was Valeria? Was that his girlfriend? Like The uh, Queen Gedrin in Red Sonia, with dark hair and had the cut on her face and right. everything else, was Valeria, uh, the blonde, Conan's blonde girlfriend, girlfriend. in Conan the Barbarian. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which I heard she was offered the job for Red Sonja, but she declined it because she, she wanted to play. Yeah, she wanted to play the villain. She wanted to play somebody different. She did not do a good job. Yeah. 
uh, <clears throat> uh, Paul Smith, who was a comedian, I guess it was in a lot of uh, stuff in the, um, like the 50s and 60s, was Falcon, uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. as Tarn, and then Pat Roach, again, was also in this movie. Um, the, let's see, he was, in this one he was Brytek. playing Brytek. Brytek yeah. was the, he was the guy who um, she fought in the, in the beginning. Yeah, I remember they kind of did this back and forth. And, yeah. and, uh, oh, okay. Like, he, no woman can beat me, kind of a... Um, and then Ronald Lacey, who was the major tote in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the uh, uh, Nazi Gestapo yeah. guy that got the medallion burned into his hand yes. at the bar. Yeah, what, yeah. He was the little, uh, what was his name in this? Eichel. Eichel. Yeah, Eichel. Um, this one was rated PG-13. The budget for this movie was $18 million, and according to the website I could find, it made a whopping $7 million. So they did not make their money back. I had a question. Was this PG-13 at that time? That's the only thing I looked at. I saw it. Was it? Was PG-13 around at that point? I don't, you know, this one was, uh, Red Sonja was 85, so it would have been, PG-13 was around by 85. Right. Yeah, because um, yeah, I think we talked last time, it was because of Gremlins and Temple of Doom in 84 that they created the PG-13. Um, so a quick synopsis for this one. King Gad- Blech, King. Uh, Queen Gedron steals the glowing green talisman from priestesses that are going to destroy it because its power is too great to be controlled. One priestess escapes and finds Lord Kalidor slash Conan as she is dying. Uh, she happens to be the sister of Red Sonia, whom she asks Kalidor to find. Together they search for the talisman. There are mechanical underwater dragons, sorcery, and more sword fights than you can shake a sword at. Um, and... There were a couple of things that I was able to find on this one. Um, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger commented uh, at one point in time, he said, this is the worst film I have ever made. Uh, now when my kids get out of line, I'm sorry, it's the worst film I've ever made. That's not very good. Uh, now, <laughs> when my kids, now, it's not, it's not fantastic. It's now, when my kids get out of line, they're sent to their room and forced to watch Red Sonja ten times. I never had too much trouble with them after that. Yeah, so he hated this one. This was his least favorite movie he ever made, and he always jokes about torturing people by making them watch it now. I heard uh, Maria Shriver said that if this doesn't kill your career, nothing will. (laughs) (laughs) I would believe that. Yeah, yeah, so Red Sonja. Now, Jeff is not here tonight, but we heard from him many times that he did not like this movie, and that's putting it mildly. Um, But how did the rest of you feel? Actually, Jason, I'll ask you first, because I thought that was kind of interesting. You said you started with Conan the Destroyer, and you said that you thought the movies got progressively better, because mm-hmm. you watched this one next, and you thought this one was better than Conan the Destroyer. I think this so. is a classic case of my expectations were so low. Okay. I, I just talked to... Conan the Destroyer sucked, so yes. you were... <laughs> yeah. and, and so my expectations were, were lower for this one, because from what I read, you know, like it, it didn't do quite as well, and then I talked to Jeff, and Jeff just... You know, lambasted it, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't until I talked to Pat, you know, who who had watched it like four in the morning, and so he was in kind of a weird state of mind. <laughs> this I, is great, guys. <laughs> where I, decided, I almost called you. Where I decided, hey, you know, let me, I'll, I'll look at it with a little bit more. He's sitting on the mind. couch, surrounded by a bunch of red <laughs> cans. <laughs> this is a great movie, guys. Um, you know, obviously, I didn't think the acting was great. You know, I thought uh, really uh, Br- Brigitte Nelson, Nielsen, and uh, she was just very wooden, and mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, but I thought she had the look down. Okay, mm-hmm. like she definitely looked like Norwegian um, would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, she had to look down. Uh, I heard actually that, that Sigourney Weaver was was one of the possibilities oh, really? for for this one. I think they just you know casted any 
any six foot act, you mm-hmm. know, actress and, and try to fit the role. But yeah. uh, uh, no, Gedrin, I couldn't stand her. I mean, <laughs> she was horrible. She's one of the worst like villains of any movie mm-hmm. that I can remember. But um, I think what did it for me was actually, uh, and I hated Prince uh, 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 Tarn at mm-hmm. first, but then he, he kind of got to me once he started, mm-hmm. you know, swinging the sword around mm-hmm. and everything like that. And and um, I don't uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but Ernie Reyes Jr. was one of my heroes growing up. Uh, that he did this show called Sidekicks, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know I took uh, uh, you know martial arts when I was younger, and I wanted to be Ernie Reyes. Because, well, he was really super annoying in the in the beginning, but a- as you can see, how he uh, his character uh, matures and, and progresses towards towards the end, and so a- a- as his he started transforming like that, I started liking the movie better, and I just thought that yeah. those scenes were very funny. You know, like yeah. him being. Uh, you know, pulled by the the horses. I was mm-hmm. I was cracking yeah. up about that. Yeah. Um, uh, one scene I thought was hilarious was when uh, the first guy touches the green orb, yeah. and he just disappears <laughs> right away. <laughs> I just started laughing, and, um, and then she points to, now you touch it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think uh, uh, it was just more entertaining. There's more jokes in this one. Uh, the, I mean, yes, there were corny parts, but it wasn't. As I just didn't like, uh, I just didn't like Malik's character from from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Conan the Destroyer. You mm-hmm. know, uh, um, well with this one, it was you weren't comparing this to a more serious Red Sonja movie. Like this, this was it. You know, I talked to other coworkers who watched this growing up, and they really liked it a lot mm-hmm. because you know they probably saw it when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, one of our our coworkers who's female, she kind of looked up to Red Sonja as mm-hmm. like a strong uh, female uh, a hero. And uh, uh, and I think just having a, a kid in there and just mm-hmm. you know going on this journey, um, I think a lot of uh, people, if they watched it at a younger age, really did mm-hmm. like this movie. Well, I, and that's that's why originally that's why I put this one on the list because I'm sitting there looking at the movies that came out during these years, and when I saw Red Sonja, I'm like, I have not seen that in years, but I love that movie, and I don't know why. When I said that, I'm like, I I, I don't remember anything about it. I don't know why I love this movie, but I don't remember anything about it. And then as I'm watching, I'm going. I remember why I love this movie. It that kid, like I as a kid, I'm sitting there watching that. But you know what? I bet if I just learned a few kicks and like how to swing a sword around, I could be like that little kid. And then I remember there being a whole bunch of other parts where, you know, as a kid, you watch these movies, and it's maybe it's a little bit more, a little bit easier to pretend um, with something like this when it's just like swords and you know everything's falling down around you or the building's collapsing and and I just remember tearing the um cushions off the couch and like we'd set up in our living room like some castle and and then as the you know the orb gets destroyed the castle's falling apart I'm like pushing cushions down on top of my brother and sister and yelling at them come on we have to go come on I'm like trying to drag them through I was like the door's gonna close let's go come on we gotta get you out before the door closes on you I'm like pulling them out from under the cushions and I would, a lot I mean, of sliding to, under gates. Right. And, and I remember as kids, we used to do that all the time. I'd get my, I'd get my little brother in a doorway and I'd be like, it's going to close. Hurry. It's going to close. No, no. But we, I mean, we used to, we used to play that kind of stuff all the time. And I think one of the reasons I remember seeing this and seeing it several times, I mean, I, I remember it enough as a kid. We, I have to have seen it more than once was, I think my dad was a really big, oh, I know he is. He's a really big fan of a lot of the old movies like Clash of the Titans and Jason and the Argonauts. And we just we used to watch that stuff all the time. Any of the old Greek mythology movies, um, any of the any of these kind of like the sword and sorcery type things, um, you know, any of that stuff. I remember watching a lot as a kid and then trying to you know go out the backyard or 
in the living room and you know tear furniture apart and start playing it. I thought you were going to say the part that you remember the most is when you took him through the glass. <laughs> well, I, was, I was like, I, I don't know why that's there. <laughs> and even the guy like, <laughs> it's like the dancing girl in the in the in the glass when he's trying to see the yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there was a lot of people like thrown down wells in this movie, and that's what I thought. Like the first time I started laughing, it's because they started grabbing the priestesses, and he's like, "All right, you're going down yeah. there," and it was like, and I don't know, they sped the camera or it cut weird because it would, man, he was propelling them down the <laughs> hole. It was like not just a push, it was, mm-hmm. and then okay. the next. Well, I, w- I wondered if some of that, like the throwing people down pits and throwing people down wells and like trying to get out of a door before it closes on you and stuff like that. I'm wondering, and I haven't read a whole bunch of like pulp stories and, and pulp novels and stuff like that, but I'm wondering if, going back to like the original stories, if that's like a, a staple of theirs to show suspense. To, like, is that the kind of situation that you, you know, when you think of like the old time radio shows, it seemed like they're getting in the same kind of situations week after week after week. And I'm wondering, is that just something that sword and sorcery stories and movies just is that their trope that they yeah that they use all the time okay so without repeating what a lot of you you know what was said here i agree with the order like my order is conan the barbarian i know we weren't talking about mm-hmm. them first yeah. and then you go to you know like out of these three um then definitely red sun and then conan destroyer like it was painful for me to get through conan the destroyer <laughs> like I, I really like i started fast forwarding I, I literally texted Dennis and said, I can yeah. barely get through this movie. And I don't know if that influenced me, but, but I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I think I'm okay. There's parts where it's not like This one, you can watch all the way through. Like I said, cheesy. There's part, I mean, yeah. there's, there's now, I don't know if this is the technical part, if I, I wouldn't have said this 20, 30 years ago, but with the whole film class and knowing stuff and knowing how it affects it, there's, there's like two technical things that just... I just kept chuckling at throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of them was, number one, the horrible lighting in this movie. I swear I kept checking my computer oh, yeah. screen and trying to turn my brightness up, <laughs> only to keep going. Because I understand the dark parts when they're inside a place. Mm-hmm. It was dark outside in broad daylight. Yeah. Like you had shat- I mean, it was the worst lighting I've ever seen in there. And I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, like, the whole movie feels like it's night. Like, in the end, there's, like, the sun out, and it's dark, and you can't see their faces. And I'm sitting there hitting the brightness part of my screen because I'm going, this is horrible lighting. The other one was the shake technique when the castle is destroying oh, yeah. the last one of the parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just you can see the, the cameraman going, yeah, <laughs> just moving a little like, bit. Like, I do it again. <laughs> it does, that doesn't so help like, with radio, by yeah, the way. This is an audio medium. Yeah, well, for you guys. Yeah. I'm shaking my, my computer. So, like, the, like on Star, the little like on Star, on Star Trek, Trek, when they would do they the, they, go, they'd move the camera and they'd all <laughs> yeah. shift. But here it was just like, it was it was to me it was almost lazy shakes. Yeah. Like like there's the kind that looked realistic mm. and here was just like kinda just keep it on. Remember the castle's yeah. destroying. Just bump, boom, bump the camera. Right, bump the camera. Right, every few seconds just kinda tap it a little bit to <laughs> yeah. make sure everybody knows that chaos is all yeah. breaking out. And then when he holds the, the bar, he goes yeah. underneath, he's like <laughs> Yeah. And he doesn't really even lift anything, he yeah. just kinda stands underneath yeah. it. And then when he, when he lets it go, everything just tumbles. Mm-hmm. So it was just like the bars breaking and then crawling yeah. under stuff. It was just comedic, but it was like I said, it was more enjoyable watching than the other one. But all the, the warts of the, the way those effects were, the, the lighting and the and the castle tower just keeps like blowing. It's erupting. Like, like it keeps erupting. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The top blew up already. Right. The, five minutes later, they showed <laughs> the, the top middle part still blowing up, up again. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was still even at the top. Was it just the same part? It seemed like they kept looping the same scene. Yeah. Like, well, well, and it we're was in danger. And I don't know if you noticed, it was you could see 
where the where the remains of the castle were, you could see the flame. Like they had made the remains made of the that. castle transparent, so you could see the flame kind of shooting up through. It, it was a little bit transparent through the castle itself, and so you could kind of see the flames coming up from whatever spout they were using as their. Yeah, I think yeah, and then there's yeah. the ultimate dream from where she falls into the right, but again, you know, it, it's hard when watching these movies from back then with facts. But I think, like I said, I think they didn't at least have, like the story had the, the crazy like suits and the and this didn't have a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. It was more again based, I think, in like a little bit more. I mean, there's the orb and there's the dream thing, and it just wasn't. They didn't have as many crazy characters. You did have that, um, <coughs> that like uh, master, the battle master monk guy at the beginning with the oh, yeah. Queen Amidala. And there was a cool spider. <coughs> spider yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna ask it like question the answer is no in the end no that movie yeah <laughs> that you mentioned it was a marvel movie or yeah. it was a marvel, marvel comic you yeah. know what happens if you took that movie and just made it today with today's mm-hmm. special effects and now it they've, was they've low, actually been was, talking about doing a remake and it's low budget yeah. back then yeah. so i mean nothing i mean those actors and actresses were mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they were a-list or what but i mean if you actually had a director directing mm-hmm. the actors but let's put um who plays uh, Who plays Black Widow? Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. What happened? I actually, I actually thought that. Red Sonia. And yeah. I mean, just take. The, I mean, don't even really change the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Don't even really change, but just kind of do it right. Yeah. And I wonder if that movie would suddenly be kind of transformed. Because I was looking I, at some stuff earlier today, and I saw that they had been since two thousand eight. They've been talking about remaking it. Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah, and. Because now there's a, they've kind of resurrected the comic book character, yeah. and one of the better comic book writers right now, um, her name is Gail Simone, and she writes the Red Sonia, and people have just gone nuts. It's like one of the, the best comics that's out right now. And they've really done a lot with the character to kind of fill out her backstory and everything else. And so I think that kind of renewed people's interest in, hey, you know, the movie, the original movie was bad, but maybe we can remake this and do something else with it. Um and I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, like, who could pull off, you know, I don't know, I don't remember how tall Scarlett Johansson is, but that's, I mean, I think maybe redheads are like the first group of people I'm just thinking of, and it doesn't have to be, but right. but I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, well, we Sharon and I were getting caught up on Mad Men last night. I'm thinking the character of Joan. I don't know if you guys watch Mad Men, just because she's got that bright red hair. Um, but so that was actually going to be kind of one of my questions is, yeah, uh, one of my questions was going to be, it doesn't seem like we have quite as many of these like sword and sorcery movies. I mean, you've got things like Lord of the Rings and you've got Game of Thrones, and, but it's not quite the same as Conan and Red Sonja and some of these others. So do you think that that's a genre or a subgenre that could come back if they did the movies right? Or are people more interested in like your Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, Game of Thrones type stuff? I think I think has this is this something that was more seventies and eighties and it's just not. See, it's funny because like, and maybe just because I didn't see him back then, but I almost think it's more like that now. I, I think you know, with just because of the Hobbit and just because of um, uh, Game, Lord, of Lord, Lord, yeah. Game of Thrones. Um, you think people would be more would be more likely apt, to yeah likely to likely to see it. And again, I mean, I'm gonna kind of pull a quote from. One of my music history professors, you know, God rest his soul, I wrote my first music history paper and it was just like the format and everything was terrible and he called me in my dorm room to like 
chew me out upside one side or the other. And I was like, just panicked because this is this huge chunk of my grade. And I go in to see him and I'm like, what can I do to make this better? And he looked down and he just said, I am convinced that there is some semblance of thought and uh, uh, paper beneath this mess of formatting. So clean that up and you'll probably do okay. But, but all of us are now dumber for having read what you wrote. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Good. that's what I'm thinking when I'm watching that movie. May God have mercy on your soul. I, yeah, and I watched that movie and I, like you, like low expectations, all I heard was bad. It went on Rotten Tomatoes, mm -hmm. oh, 12% or 20% yeah. or whatever. And I turned it on and I was cringing. And then I was like, I'm, I'm enjoying this. There's yeah. some funny stuff. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is like, I'm, I'm same thing. I'm convinced there's a there's a really good movie. It's mm -hmm. just buried under poor lighting and special right. effects. Even like the the fight scenes, yeah. there was a couple that were uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, but I mean the kid looked good with his moves. Yeah. I mean the sword fights were good. I mean how many movies that I grew up watching where like none of the actors or actresses had any fight experience, right. and they had their legs like hooked up to a wire and they were pulling that. Right. I mean like look at the Charlie's Angels movies. Right. I mean they just looked horrible in those fight scenes. These. Characters like look pretty good yeah. in the fights, you know, and and I think that's why I said Scarlett Johansson is just in those uh, like that Iron Man two yeah. where she goes down the so hallway and fight. takes out like yeah. fifty guys. I mean, she looks pretty good with the moves, so I think yeah. you know she she fit in with that. But. but back to the whole sword and sorcerer type of movies, uh, you know, they did a remake of Conan the Barbarian with Jason Momoa, right. and and that didn't really they did do did, very well. Did do yeah. very well, so. I don't know. I think with Red Sonia, it does have the advantage that it's a female mm -hmm. warrior just, just destroying everybody, and, and you can get that draw if you get mm -hmm. the right actress to, to, to play that role. Do you wonder? I wonder if Conan is so tied to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like it, maybe that's why the Conan remake didn't do very well. Because originally, actually, I had another, had another thing in here about um, Conan that they were – let's see, where did I put that? Well, like Cole the Conqueror um, was yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, Cole the Conqueror was supposed to be another Conan movie. And Arnold said, after Red Sonia, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going back to these type of movies anymore. I'm not going to do it. But they had already kind of started to write one and it ended up, um, yeah, it ended up becoming Call the Conqueror, the one with uh, Kevin Sorbo in it yeah. that came out in 97, I think it was. So that, that originally, and Cole was another um, uh, Robert E. Howard character, that author, um, you know, so they just kind of renamed some of the characters and and then threw that out there with a different actor, and, and that one did well either. So I wonder if, I wonder if people's expectations are, Conan is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and if I don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan, then it's not the same movie. Did any of you guys see the new Conan movie? I, you know, I rented it, but I didn't get a chance to watch it before. Yeah, I, you know, it's I, I did Conan weekend last weekend mm -hmm. where I, you know, watched watch Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien, <laughs> right? Was the late night thing? You know, it's I almost think that. I don't know if that one flopped because it was just missing Arnold Schwarzenegger, or I think it like did it try and take itself too seriously, mm. or like the main character. I mean, you know, they, there was this critical review where they were going for a guy with you know big muscles, and you know they you know mm -hmm. it was like okay, check the box for big muscles and attractive male lead, and they put him in, and he didn't really connect with. The material. I mean, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I mean, he, you know, fit that role. Yeah. The story was, you know, like a fun story to watch. Whereas with this Conan, like all the characters just didn't seem to be cast right. Mm -hmm. Like the guy that played Conan's dad, it was kind of like, mm -hmm. he just didn't look comfortable. He looked, it was like Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. 
you know, great movie, but Kevin Costner just didn't seem to really fit that role. So is, is it because Arnold Schwarzenegger is more of this, like, larger-than-life character? Because I'm thinking of other movies that they've done that originally Arnold was in, and they've done remakes, like the new Total Recall. I, I thought it was a good movie. I liked it, but it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And well, the original Total Recall was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, so what if, like, The Rock did, well, he did Hercules, which is he did kind Hercules. of similar to yeah. this, And that made a lot of money. That was pretty. Yeah, uh, that was done better. But think of the. I mean, think of the the last Terminator movie. Didn't really have Arnold in it. People didn't like it. I mean, people didn't like Terminator Three either. But um, do you think that sometimes it's because these movies have Arnold as the main actor and he's this like larger than life person? Yeah, he brings something to it. Yeah, the intangible. Yeah. So that's back to the whole Red Sonia. You find the perfect person like a Scarlett Johansson, somebody who, who can just uh, own that, that character, and, and it could be a big hit. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So uh, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back, he apparently, and actually they, within the next few months, they have said that they are going to start filming. He is coming back for another Conan sequel when Conan is much older. The geriatric. Uh, yes. Um, it's called Conan Awakens. Well, that's not true. Um, <laughs> um it's, the Legend of Conan is what it's called, and it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be out next year, and they're going to start filming um, sometime within the next couple of months or so. But he did say he did finally agree that he did want to come back, and they're going to um, they're going to pull kind of a Superman Returns. They're going to pretend that Conan the Destroyer never happened. So this movie will take place. Years and years and years after Conan the Barbarian, pretending that Conan the Destroyer never took place. That's true. <laughs> I don't think you know what his shirt looks like. Right? I, mm, I don't know. Like Steven Tyler. He could wear a chainmail vest. <laughs> if I can throw in uh, uh, random facts, I just think it's pretty cool that in Conan they run everywhere. I just mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Like in Conan the Barbarian, I noticed that. It's like, ah, they're going from one town to the other. Mm-hmm. And it just shows them running across the desert. Mm-hmm. Now that mile apart, they got these big, you know, multi-pound packs and swords. Mm-hmm. And everywhere they go, they just go running. I mm-hmm. just think that's pretty cool. Uh, Pat is a runner. Pat is a runner. He runs <laughs> everywhere. He would, he would <laughs> I wish. We actually, when we saw Conan, we talked about it. In college, we talked about that. And he's like, we should try that. Let's try have Conan Day. And we'd have Conan Day and literally we'd like leave the dorm room and run to our first class and we'd run over there. We were going to go eat, you know, it was normally this you restaurant punched, that was like... You punched like, a camel. You punched a camel, that's right. It was like... And we were like trying to run with like backpacks and just mm-hmm. everywhere we went. Pay you 50 bucks to run that upcoming 50 mile race. Yeah. Is Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's probably going to be some people like that. I Yeah, okay. I don't want to... Uh, I, but man, I'll tell you. Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> pretty ripped. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that's like not earth shattering to say, mm-hmm. but you know, all these superhero movies now, I mean, you know, dudes look pretty muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger's really, I mean, I know he's a bodybuilder, right. but I mean, oh, it was yeah. just, when, when you come at it like that, as opposed to, okay, I got to get in shape for this movie, so I'm going to work mm-hmm. out for the next three months or whatever. Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger's pretty ripped. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, yeah. That Some was, of us would need more than three months. <laughs> You've held it in enough, I'm sure. So let's move on to Commando. <laughs> They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay.
nobody is going to give us any problems. You'll do exactly as he's told. Last and wake, fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you think you did. I lied. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. All right, so Pat's really ready to talk about this one. This one's up there with, like, talking about Batman in four years. <laughs> so Commando is a 1985 movie uh, directed by Mark Lester, produced by Joel Silver, who also made pretty much every other action movie ever, uh, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy. Uh, written by Steven D'Souza, uh, who also wrote or co-wrote 48 Hours and Die Hard. Uh, Joseph Loeb III, who is more of a comic book writer, uh, but he also did Teen Wolf, Lost, uh, episodes of Smallville. Um, he was a producer or co-producer for the TV show Heroes, um, but then he also did a lot of other comic books, too. You, uh, <laughs> finish fixing your drink over there, Don Draper. <laughs> This is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. It's going to be ice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's best served cold. Oh, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Colonel John Matrix, which is just a great name. Uh, Alyssa Milano as Jenny Matrix. Uh, Ray Don Chong as Cindy, the daughter of... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and she, I did not realize she's the daughter of uh, Tommy I'm, Chong from yes. Cheech and Chong. Um, and she, at that point, she was most well known for her role in the movie Quest for Fire, which is another movie that I don't know how I watched that as a kid, but apparently I did. Um, it was not the uncle. It was in, uh, Vernon Wells as Bennett, who was also in Road Warrior, Weird Science, Inner Space, and apparently he was a Power Rangers villain in one of those shows. Uh, Chelsea Field, this was her first movie. She was one of the flight attendants. She was also Tila in Masters of the Universe. And Bill Paxton played an intercept officer um, for the Naval Yard. That was cool seeing him. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Wow, Bill, because he had all these. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll get to that. No, you're fine. Uh, Music by James Horner, who also did Star Trek II, Aliens, Willow, Rocketeer, Braveheart, Apollo 13, Titanic. Pretty much. I think I looked on his IMDb page and he had something like seven movies a year from 1982 all the way up until now. So some ridiculous amount of movies he does every year. Uh, the movie was rated R. The budget was $10 million and the box office, according to one of the pages I found, said that it was about $57.5 million at the time. Uh, so quick synopsis. Retired CIA operative Brian Mills must race against the clock to rescue his daughter from Albanian traffickers. Oops, sorry, that's taken. Um, retired Delta Force team leader John Matrix finds himself in a, it's almost the same movie uh, in a race against the clock to find and rescue his daughter from his former protege Bennett Matrix leaves no stone unturned and no henchman unkilled in his quest to save his daughter and take down Bennett 
And a couple of quick things. Originally, this was written with Gene Simmons from Kiss in mind for the lead role. Uh, when he decided to pass, it was going to be a story about an out-of-shape ex-commando played by Nick Nolte. Um, a sequel was originally written in 1986, but Arnold was not interested in returning to the role. Some changes were made to the script, and the lead actor was recast as Bruce Willis. Eventually, this commando sequel became Die Hard. Um, and then Arius, the deposed dictator who orchestrated the whole kidnapping of Jenny, was supposedly from the fictional South or Central American country of Valverde. Uh, this was a name that Hollywood movies used whenever they wanted to feature a conflict in somewhere like a Cuba or Nicaragua, but didn't want to deal with diplomatic issues. Uh, Valverde, as a country, is also referenced in the movie Predator and Die Hard 2. Okay, we'll start with Dennis. We'll go around the table and pack the yeah, talk last. You're just like dry. You're just, I'm just... I couldn't, even get, I couldn't even let him finish this thing. I know, I'm like, oh, there was that guy. There was oh, this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are counting the number of times Pat says awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're up to about seven. Yes. Team. <laughs> All right. This one on VHS didn't see it at the theater. Okay. Um, you know, my, I think my, my dad, you know, was like this, Schwarzenegger movie. So um, I was just curious which ones we got to see at a theater or things like that. At that point, I think once the VHS came out, came out, it was like a, it was such a pain to get us all to the theater with the with the seven kids and the brothers and, the, and all the. You know. So this one was definitely a VHS, as far as I remember. Um, I just remember the, a lot of the action, and, and I think at the time I remember it being, you know, something we liked. And I and I I had to be yeah I was thirteen I was thirteen fourteen years old I saw it. Um, I, some people argue it's one of the best action movies of that time. Which I, I guess for that time period, yes, is, and it inspired so many other ones after that. I do remember Ray Don Chong for some reason that I liked. Like I, I, I think I had a little crush on her back then. You like flight um, attendants, come on. <laughs> and and well, she had the sarcasm about you know the sarcastic mm-hmm. bit about her. She like kind of was you know there was this overdone action, and then there was like the little comedy, and she just did that role really well. And I just I, I thought it was yeah. The one thing that looking back now is just just how old, how big Schwarzenegger is in this movie. I think oh. it seems even big when he takes his shirt and... <laughs> well, the line like from, the, from, the, from the mall cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, big mother... Some of that, I'm just like, and then you think, man, he's really at the Royce, you know? It's just like, it's just, you just don't get that big. Yeah. And, uh, but... You know, again, I think holding there, there's the funny bits and you see all the, the technical bits, like I mentioned Dirk before, and falling out of the plane. It's just like <laughs> he's just right there. You see the little guy, <laughs> and then it's like the swamp splashing. He's like he just comes out of it, like no big deal. <laughs> nothing, nothing like like really possibly hurt or sore. We like, broke the fall. He wasn't even like really wet or anything. So no. it was just kind of like I'm just I land on my feet. <laughs> and then everybody's shooting these big things at just. Mm-hmm. And every time there's an explosion, people fly out this way. Right. You know, it's like you see everybody go this way. Like all the yeah. stuff, and they're flying out to the side. What is funny, this is not Sharon's favorite type of movie. And so she's sitting there watching this with me. Because I figured this one might go over a little bit better than like Red Sonja. Um, and we're sitting there watching it. And she's, you know, she'll make some commentary at different times. And, and I always, always think it's kind of funny. But she, she's like, is he going to? When, when he, at first he's like going through the plane, she's like, he just knows where everything is, doesn't he? I'm like, well, he's he's Delta Force. He would know like the layout of a plane, or yeah. And she's like, what? and he just knows to like rip that part off and how to 
Well, is it going to jump? Is it? Oh, I bet you know. Wait, I bet there's water at the end of the runway, isn't there? Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> and then they get to the they get to the ammo place, and you hit the button, and the back room opens up. She's like, Oh yeah, I bet there's one of those in like every ammo store, isn't there? And that was '80s pre-band, pre-assault weapon. Band. Right. So right, I mean, right. that could happen. Mm-hmm. So again, for the overtop, you know, action movie. But but he doesn't know how to fly a plane though. So he knows all this other stuff, but he doesn't know how to fly a plane. For what it was, you know, it's, it's, it's entertaining, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's got that whole cheese factor. But it reminds me of what's the thunder? Uh, the Traffic Thunder. Traffic Thunder, yeah. Just remember, like, just some of the, I just see that yeah. in there as well. Too. But it doesn't take itself too seriously. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, it kind of, they well, know. Well, that's my it, point. Yeah. They, that's why it works, because it's not taken so seriously. Where'd Sully go? I had to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a line too, like where it doesn't say what the? Uh, Remember how I promised to kill you yeah. last well, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. you? Says, I, I like, lied. I like you. I like. I like you, Sally. You're a funny guy. But kill you last. Yeah. Remember how I told you I was going to kill you last? I lied. So. Um, <laughs> and you pulled. You showed me the one from The Simpsons with Rainier Wolfcastle. Wolf <laughs> He's holding like a piece of pie, and it's like a. You remember when I said I promised to eat you last? I lied. <laughs> And then I, it's a listen to one, I was the dog. The guy that yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Jason. Um, you know what? The, the best thing about this this one is uh, uh, it, it's got to be the cheesy lines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, when, when he knocks the guy uh, out and kills him in the airplane, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't don't wake up my friend. He's he's dead tired. Yeah. You know, just just lines <laughs> like, like that are great. Um uh, I, I love the scene where, well, when he's getting ready, you know, on the island, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he puts all the black on his mm-hmm. face and his chest. It's like, dude, your daughter is, is right. you know, you're worried about time. You time for this. Look cool, <laughs> right? On all this, all this, uh, all this black on, on mm-hmm. his uh, body. Um, but uh, and about that black, it wasn't even like effective camouflage no. it was like he, i mean and it was like it was broad daylight and well, so what's covering himself with, and it was like well he puts it, he puts it all over his body and then he puts the vest on with all the soul <laughs> i know i know oh my gosh okay sorry i interrupt you uh, <laughs> sorry i want to see what's his name i always keep thinking like because like at the time i didn't associate what's his name with uh with cheers with uh what's her name what's his, the white the, the the bartender um no, no, no. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Danny um, DeVito's... Yes. Oh, Rhea Perlman. Rhea, Rhea yeah. Perlman. Yeah. Her, you know, the, the husband in Cheers. Like, yeah. later, cause Nick, now I, cause at Nick? that time, I didn't see yeah, Nick was like, I, just, yeah. I saw him, like, when you see him on screen, I just yeah. was thinking of Cheers now. When I saw it back then, I didn't think of it because you didn't really, you know, Cheers was still going on. I, mm-hmm. And I probably didn't watch as much of Cheers at the time until later in the 80s. And um, whenever I see that guy as the villain, I just, I, I'm like waiting for it. Just... It, well, it's supposed to be Raul Julia, and then yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I didn't like Dan Hedaya uh, as as that because yeah. his accent seemed forced, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just didn't care for him. Uh, I like Vernon Wells. I thought he did a really good mm-hmm. job. Um, I read somewhere that uh, he actually wasn't the original person mm-hmm. who who did it, and uh, the original person was much smaller, and so. Uh, the clothes on Vernon Wells, uh, who played Bennett, w- was like really tight because mm-hmm. they didn't change the uh, the, the costumes for mm-hmm. him. So, for a really long time, I thought that was Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the mustache and just like the way he dressed, and yeah, I'm like, it's like evil Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Well, Pat, we, we're waiting All right. for you. 
Uh, unleash it. Let's yeah, go. it was awesome. Let's see. How much space do I have left on the hard drive here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it was awesome. I okay. I first saw that's, this movie. That's nineteen. Yeah, I first saw this movie this week, uh, the first time, and then the second and third times was also this week. And then I actually was watching it before the kids got home. I like got home. I, I, I drove home real quick so I could watch it before the kids get home, and I watched them. So I yeah. Uh, I remember growing up and, you know, like Conan, like you knew that name. Even if I hadn't seen the movie, you kind of know Conan. Mm. Uh, and I remember Commando and it was like probably the front of the VHS box or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was Arnold in that very distinctive, like, mm-hmm. uh, like completely useless, ineffective, you know, ineffective uh, tiger camel paint. Mm-hmm. And I just always remember that, you know, and I guess maybe the 80s were like name stuff like the Terminator, the uh, um, Predator. Mm-hmm. Commando. It was just, you know, yeah. another one of those things. But I'd never seen the movie. And I, I just, within three minutes of watching it, I don't have a clue why. Because, you know, you know, I always look for a movie that's just, okay, there's enough reality out there. You know, I can, you know, there's plenty of books to read, the news and all that. Sometimes I just want to turn on the movie and just be entertained. And just complete fantasy. And I, I don't need realistic, I mean, there's plenty of people, you know, dying around the world and all that. That's, you know, sometimes I just need the fantasy thing. And yeah, I'm a sap. I like happy endings, you know. And I like movies where, okay, the girl's not sure how to take off the plane, so he just jams the throttle yeah. for her. Ah, that just solves every problem. This usually works. Yeah, just bam. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just I'm always looking for those movies. And it was it was a couple months ago. I'm like, I just have to come up with a list, like a go to list of just good action movies that you know. Because sometimes, oh, okay, I'm I'm too invested in this one. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they're trying to go serious. Or oh man, the guy's. Gr- kid dies to make it more realistic god that's lame i don't want that and this movie just just delivered my grandma always would talk about when she would like come and say oh she'd tell my mom bridget go take the kids that oh it's fine it's fine don't even check the it's just a good shoot em up it's just a good sh-. and my grandma loved talking about shoot em up movies and that's really what this was you should watch the movie shoot em. <laughs> yeah i know i should i should but i mean it was uh yeah just just it was just a really fun movie and uh you know, all the, the humor, it was just done right. Like the girl shooting the rocket launcher backwards, mm-hmm. um, you know, jumping out of the plane and, mm-hmm. and going down. And um, all the bad guys, like each bad guy was like a uniquely different guy. Mm-hmm. Like there was the sleazeball, hey, how you doing in the yeah. suit? Hey, you know, that guy. And then um, the crazy Australian guy that was like his arch nemesis yeah. that, you know, it took him 10 minutes to fight the guy, even though they weren't quite in the same physical conditioning, right. you know? I mean... Um, you had to let out some stuff. Yeah, to let out, yeah. And it ended with that, you know? He chucks this huge thing through um, You know, I mean, just, you know, groups of guys all running up and shooting... I eat green berets for breakfast, and I'm very hungry. <laughs> yeah, I know. The guys just running up and, like, fanning machine guns around. Mm-hmm. And then it's still... And I think they actually played off this in... Um, some of the spoofs, like in in UHF, mm-hmm. when yeah. when Weird Al spoofs yeah. the Rambo movies, yeah. you know there, there, there's or, this uh, line of guys hot, comes hot running. Hot shots, in. the hot yeah. shots movies. Yes, yeah. and he just he just takes the gun and like hoses it yeah, down. It was, it was yeah. in UHF, yeah. But all the guys fall at the same time. Yeah, yeah. and like in this movie, like you know, in some scenes there aren't even, and I don't want it. I don't want reality. Mm-hmm. I, that there's the God forbid there's enough of that out yeah. in the real world. But like. But when guys get shot, and I'm going to mime it, even though you can't see it with the microphone, mm-hmm. guys just wiggle and fall down. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what kind of gun he's shooting. It could be a shotgun. It could mm-hmm. be like this anti-tank rocket. Mm-hmm. It could be a machine gun. And all the guys react the same way. Yeah. Uh, and they, they fall down. I, I just, the whole thing, I just, 
I can watch that and then watch it again, and it just combining that with the camouflage. As Sharon and I are watching this the other night, she's like, "And he hasn't even been shot once." <laughs> I and I said, "It's because of the camo. Yeah. It's like they can't see straight." So. <laughs> that's right. The first time he kind of gets hurt was when they throw the grenade. There was right. one grenade, and he dives, <laughs> right. and that's the only time he like skins his knee. Or right. Something. Well, what would normally kill a regular person? Right. Well, it literally, and that's what makes like Last Action Hero. When it's only they the pain these, So funny, you know, in all those movies, like he falls into the tar pit and just wipes himself off. Yeah. And you know, he gets shot, but like gunshots are just a flesh wound in the movie world. You know, I, I, I just. <laughs> you know, when I was watching this, I kept thinking, like, how is he not arrested yet after the mall right. scene? And it's well, like he just assaulted all these guys, and, and then he goes uh, in, into the the surplus store, and that's mm-hmm. when he finally gets arrested. But right. I'm just. Have they not caught up with this guy yet? Well, He's done so many. If you look at the mall scene, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that they should have. They should have like been on the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> before that, I gotta admit when I watched it, played I played the mall scene like three times. By the way, the mall scene mall in uh, uh, Terminator Two. Yeah. Is there a, okay? Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. The, the the mall scene I, I I the mall scene I played three times. Like I like sometimes drives my wife and I do that. I'll rewind something back. <laughs> And it was the cuts and it was the editing again from the technical mm-hmm. thing going, I think, list like, if we had, like, I was thinking, John, I was th- we could reenact this sucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> these shots aren't that hard and they're so comical. Yeah. And it was like, like, they're, like he finally gets the guy who's got a gun. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. did the guy not have more bullets when, when right, he only, breaks he only the glass? Once he gets the... fired once and it breaks the glass in the, in the phone booth or whatever he's in. And then Schwarzenegger's <laughs> looking at him right there. Shot him he right can grab the him through the glass. <laughs> Instead, he decides, I'll shake yeah. this big, huge thing and flip it over. When you have the guy right there. And then you see all of a sudden the cops all come. And then it literally it reminded me it reminded me of one of those synchronized swimming games. It was the move where it's all of a sudden he disappears surrounded by cops. Like I wanted to put music to that. Like like uh-huh. like 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 the old, you know, whatever. Oh. Well, no, no, like the dance like the choreography, you know, like the swimming choreography. As he runs through too, it's like the guy who runs through the door just perfectly meets him. He's like, okay, I get to hit you. <laughs> It was just like this all like, go to the next spot, go to the next spot, go to the next spot. Something happens here, go to the next spot. Then he runs out the door, he gets nailed by a car I know. and pops up without anything. It was just like, bam, he's right up and I'm fine. And he got hit by a car hard and flips over. And there was no even like, dust yourself off. It was just like, like jumps up. Where did I park? <laughs> Not like, I'm sore and like, get up and. It's John and Matrix. And then the swing. Perfectly, he knew that that balloon <laughs> would get him right to where he had to go. I, the chasing was just so so perfectly choreographed. I was playing it over, and I'm like, I was looking at that. Oh, I'm like, I really want to be able to do that. Like, you could do that. I'm going to jump in at this point and just say that we took a moment in Dennis's classroom because he has a big screen in his room. Uh, we did put the movie up on the big screen. And we were cutting back and forth uh, between different scenes and rewatching some of the different uh, moments from the Galleria, the mall fight, just because everybody kind of reacted to that one as being one of the funniest scenes with the cuts and the editing and you know, everything else. And so I'm going to go ahead and leave this in. Uh, originally, I was going to edit it out. Everybody's reactions were funny. So I'm going to leave it in here, and then we'll get back to the discussion afterwards. So you won't actually hear us say it, but the first scene that we're watching is when Arnold jumps out of the airplane and lands in the swamp. And we had commented before that 
Uh, we thought it was a little fake looking, especially when he jumps up out of the water and he's not even wet. Um, so that's the first one we looked at, and then we went back and looked at some of the scenes from the mall fight and the chase scene. Should we? Um, <laughs> should we? These two scenes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <There it is>. <laughs> <laughs> his jacket's not even wet. His jacket's not even wet. His hair, his hair's not even wet. It's just. Dude, it, this reminds me of like uh, I want to count how many people die in this movie. It's, it was. I read so there were two different things. One of them said that he killed 100, 117 people, and another one said he killed eighty one. Well, wasn't it Hot Shots Party where they started? Where they, they did the counter and they yeah. right, and they said what level he was reaching. It was like Terminator level. Sword. It's yeah. Commando level, yeah. Predator level. Bloodiest movie ever. Yeah. Today he would be played by what's his name, um, the guy in Boogie yes. Nights, and uh, what's uh, <laughs> you know the guy. Uh, Talking about, right? Yeah. Who is that? That guy looks familiar. Because I've seen the movie four times yeah. in the last 24 hours. <laughs> that guy. Great, you there? Listen, the guy over here that made me a weapon. Such a great line. I can handle him alone. I'll be right there. What is he? He takes a man. Go back. What are the girls doing when he says that? I think he's already I think I can handle them all. I'll be right there. He could have him back when he cuts it. He could be talking before he's around. They start laughing. Did you see that? They started laughing. The first line before they cut him should have been like, Wait for it. Well, you know. Oh, excuse me. Let me get this. Jason Bourne movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But those, yeah, as far as the choreography, but those take themselves more seriously. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's different top. I mean, and yeah, I think that's, this the, wasn't that's, so the, that's the redeeming, yes. you know, which people, I mean, it's, it's fantasy, and that's, right. you know. Because otherwise, these movies, especially like Red Sonja and some of them, they, they start to, 
you want, they could be perfect mystery uh, theater, si- mystery science theater, yeah, yeah. Potter for that. Like it would mm-hmm. be perfect for just those type of shows where you just sit there and kind of make fun of them. But like they were already doing it themselves too because of, you know, they were laughing with us. Yes. <laughs> now before we started recording, I think you made a comment about the music, James Warner. Yeah. And you made a comment about how you. And I'll let you talk about that for a second, but how you you really like the music and you like the steel drums and. The, the funny thing about this one is I did not like the music yeah. because, and I remember that even the first time watching it years ago, I remembered every single time this music comes on, it just sounds exactly the same. Like, I feel like I should be in the Caribbean somewhere and it just doesn't fit with the action movie. And then I, and I, I didn't realize who had done the music until it came up on the credits. And I'm like, James Warner? Really? Like, Wrath of Khan, James Warner, Braveheart, Titanic, James Warner. And it just didn't seem like, I mean, it seemed like this was, to me, it just seemed like this was one where he just said, okay, paycheck. Let, hey, me, just, yeah. let me just do something real quick. It's a paycheck and it's, yeah. and I'll be done. Um, so no, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the music. Well, and I, I shouldn't, I, I, now that it's being recorded, I'm going to sound no. like I'm backpedaling. But when I was saying that, like the steel drums, it was, it wasn't like, oh, cool, steel drums. It mm-hmm. was kind of like, it was, that was interesting, interesting instrument choice, choice yeah. that it played because it was, you know, you hear that and you almost think, okay, you know, uh. I don't know some Caribbean cruise like mm-hmm. uh, comedy movie mm-hmm. or something like all right, you know like maybe it fits when he gets to the island right but they're playing that when he's in the mall and, and yeah. in the <laughs> CD, yeah. in the yeah. CD hotel and, and it's like that instrument and they, the, the but the melt like what they were playing was like intense mm-hmm. like action mm-hmm. sound but on that instrument mm-hmm. um, and you're right and it was it, it it did kind of it was repetitive and all that so yeah I, it wasn't like oh, I gotta go buy that soundtrack but it was oh, I know and I looked it up and I'm like I saw that there was a soundtrack and it had eight tracks on it I'm like what eight tracks right. were in this movie well and then there was the gratuitous use of the 80 saxophone sound you mm-hmm. know like the lethal lethal weapon uses <laughs> that whole, yeah. yeah that whole thing um the one thing I, I thought was interesting is if you go back and watch the getting ready scene, mm-hmm. uh, some of that sound sounds similar to like some of the um, uh, parts of, of like Wrath of Khan, you mm-hmm. know, like just some of the way the chords hit and the rhythms just in the background. And that's when I said the comment, it's kind of cool because you can, you know, some of these composers, like you said, if, hey, he just was trying to get the paycheck on this one, it's like, okay, I can use this device here. And I, I this sounds good when I, you know, and he's just assembling different parts, but yeah, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> now the, okay, for those that, now this was your first time watching it, this was your first time watching it, um, how'd you feel about the opening credits? Well, yeah, you pointed <laughs> them out, but yeah, that was... That, I like the price. <laughs> I, that was definitely forced. I mean, uh, that was, you know, they probably could have showed father, daughter, mm-hmm. you know, in a slightly different way, you know, Arnold mm-hmm. getting ice cream in the face and mm-hmm. all that was kind of silly. With, but given the context of the movie, it just we're, kind of well, we're sitting there watching, and, and Sharon's never seen the movie before. She's like, "Okay, so," and I, I said, "We're establishing now." I was just being sarcastic. I'm like, "We're, we're establishing now that he's a good father, and that he loves his daughter." Right. And she said, "Well, yeah, because they're having ice cream." And I said, "Well, just wait for it." <laughs> and then the, the 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 deer is eating right out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what we're establishing like? that he's gentle. It looked like <laughs> the, the so beginning and fishing. It, it looked like the opening of Full House. It did. <laughs> <laughs> But then the music gets really serious when they start fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opening credits were definitely uh, mm-hmm. entertaining. If you have any from the three movies we've talked about um, that we haven't mentioned, are there any other favorite quotes? Because a lot of these movies, Arnold is very good at the one-liner. 
Um, are there any one-liners that come from any of these three movies that you could say are your, your one or two favorites from any one of these, Conan, Red Sonja, or Commando? The drop-off comment. The guy, when he dropped him off the cliff, and yeah. had to drop drop him off. I had to let him go. I had to let him go. That's right. <clears throat> that was Where's Sully? I, think, uh, I had to let him go. Warren says, uh, that guy's just a tad flat. <laughs> <laughs> there's only, there's only, there's only about five people in the entire world that get the humorous part of that one. <laughs> you know, that does bring up an interesting point. When Arnold does that, do you think it takes, like, they're trying to get those liners just, or do you think he just fires them in there and they just say, hey, one take, just do them? I mean, you know, because... Somebody wrote that for him. Well, I'm sure someone wrote, but... It took, no, no, I think it took ten takes for him to, you know, him to walk down the airplane aisle and, we're, we're taking off, sir, you have to sit down. I'm airsick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one took ten takes. Cause... Yeah, yeah, that one... <laughs> I think, please, uh, please don't wake my friend. He's dead tired. He's dead tired. <laughs> For how bad Batman and Robin was, oh, and his his one liners there, I think mm-hmm. like like every one of those did not work. I thought like every one of these did mm-hmm. work. This is like this, this is, is the this is the spectrum. Of, this is the spectrum from Batman and Robin to Commando. Yeah. On the the yeah. line, the timeline of his one liners and how good they are. I like yeah. uh, when he gets into Sully's car and, and at first, you know, Radon Chan's like, uh, oh, you don't have a car and he pushes it with one hand. It's like, <laughs> I do now. I do now. And then I guess like he, he drives off and the car is totally unscratched. <laughs> so it's a magic shove mm-hmm. of his hand there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let off some steam. I, I know I mentioned mm-hmm. that before, but I just thought it was pretty funny. I just started cracking up on that one too. Now the one the one I was telling you guys about earlier, the one that actually got cut from the movie, I think probably would have been one of my favorites. Where there's a one part in Commando where he chops the guy's arm off with a machete, and then apparently in the original cut he picks up the arm and hits the guy in the face with it and says, "You need a hand." And I, I think that probably would have been one of my favorites. But I do like the I do like the overacting and that and that one's not Arnold. I like the overacting mall cop. <laughs> 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 I think that's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of my favorites from that one. I'm sorry, I'm just watching that ball from the worst. You have I'm it up right now. The guy, the guy with the phone, and you're like, why didn't you just shoot him when he's right. shaking the thing? He's uh, on the phone. Who right. are you calling? <laughs> you have more than one bullet in there. <laughs> and then he runs out, and he's like perfectly accurate and shoots the cops. Right. You know, we're all there just like right away. But he can't shoot Arnold in the face. And Arnold's in there. Arnold ducks on the stairs. Like, the bullet went by and Arnold back up. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a movie they can't redo. I mean, Commando. I just don't think you can redo that. <clears throat> and it's Arnold, but but you said it's the same director that did everything. I mean, that yeah. that was more than just one actor carrying that movie. I mean, yeah. there, that that thing worked well. You know, I don't... Well, then it's, it's interesting to me what... What if they had done a sequel? What that would be like, knowing that the sequel end up ended up becoming Die Hard, because then I'm trying to now. I know it would have been a totally different thing, but I'm trying to picture what Die Hard would look like if Arnold Schwarzenegger was the lead actor as opposed to Bruce Willis. That'd be horrible because yeah. I think the whole point of Die Hard is you have a normal guy. You right. know, I mean, yes, he's a cop, but he, he he's a normal guy. He's not right. like a superhuman, and, and he gets hurt in, in Die Hard. All right. the time he's bleeding all over the place and stepping <clears> on glass. And you can't have an Austrian fighting Germans because then you can't <laughs> understand anybody. Well, he was technically East German. In this, well, that's true. In 
So. I love when you can, you know, now because you can pause everything too. And I, I just catch myself going, you look at this stuntman who swung. <laughs> He's got the high forehead. That guy doesn't even look at him. That's awesome. <laughs> Where he turns and he's like, that's oh, yeah. more, more <laughs> yeah. radio magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll insert a picture there. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Um, no, back back to uh, uh, Conan the Destroyer, though, when they're talking about about like how, how babies are made. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny, too. <laughs> well, because you just... The guy and then just, they... Joined. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So you understand. You know... Okay, you're going back to Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, so going back to Conan the Destroyer. Okay, the movie, movie, the music in Conan the Barbarian was great music. I mean, mm-hmm. it had this Renaissance thing. It had this brass thing. I mean, it was really cool. They had similar music, but it, it just didn't. I mean, like the whole movie, it was a little bit campy. Mm-hmm. There's this one scene, and there's the Conan theme, and whatever mm-hmm. the Conan theme is, you know, it's a, it's a powerful theme. And I, I can't sing it now because I've got all mm-hmm. that going through my head. There's a scene in Conan the Destroyer where he's fighting these, like, he's fighting the bad guys. And they're playing a theme, and he's, like, cutting people apart with the sword and everything. They're playing this triumphant theme. Then he kind of pauses, and, like, the music kind of dies down. But then all of a sudden he gets, like, jumped by, like, more more bad guys, more monsters, wherever. So he has to fight them again. And it, it wasn't even, like, a smooth transition. It was, like, literally someone hit, like rewind and play again because the music just clicks back up it, it was it was even cheesy like the way they did the music like he'd stop fighting the music stopped all of a sudden someone comes out bam he starts fighting again they go right back and just jump right back into the theme and it, oh here we go again you know and the music almost there was one spot where the music really kind of even the way they edited the music was a little bit silly you know in the corner of the destroyer all right well one of the last things that I was going to have you guys do before we're totally done is I know that everybody in the world has their own way of doing a Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. So I want to hear each of you do your own Arnold Schwarzenegger Pat impersonation. Pat is already taking the shirt off. By That's true. <laughs> That's he's, 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 he's been putting on the black makeup the entire time we've been sitting here. The problem is I, I resemble that monkey guy. That you <laughs> if I take mine off, it'd be more like Red Sonja. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pick up that sword over there? Of course, your enemies see them driven before you. Have to hear the limitations of the women. But the way he says it, it's like monotone because he's sitting there. You know, he's in the training circle. Conan, 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 what is what is best in life? Guy, what is the meaning of life? Do it. No, wrong. Conan, wrong. what is the meaning of life? Cries your enemies. Cries your enemies. See them driven before you. Hear the lamentations of the women. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't, yeah, we can't. I, I don't know, though. I'll tell you, man, I want to find some big wheel in the desert and just kind of push it around for <laughs> like 20 years. Know. Yeah, he's just, he drops his head, and then he comes back up 20 years later, and he's, you know. He's run everywhere. And then run everywhere. <laughs> so, John, this is a question you've always asked in the other ones, mm-hmm. but how does this compare to the other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, would yeah. you say? You know, for I, probably for me, at the top of the list is going to be and I'm going to forget a whole bunch of them, but at the top of the list for me is probably going to be Predator and Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't know that any one of these, with the exception of maybe Commando, but I think I could rewatch. I think I could probably re well, I know I could rewatch Terminator 2 more often than I would any of these movies. Commando would be would be one that I could rewatch, but I don't know. I think I'd have to be in a particular 
mindset to go with, like you were talking about earlier with Zombieland or mm-hmm. something like that, that you have to be kind of in a mind, particular mindset to watch it. With most of these, I think that would be the same for me, but I mean, I think his other movies, Predator, Terminator 2. You know, um, this, you know, Commando reminded me of um, uh, True Lies, if anything. Yeah. Because yeah. you have, you know, the daughter who's kidnapped, same yeah. sort of thing. And, and, uh, yeah. Now, you rate Terminator 2 over Terminator? Yes. I do too. Yeah. I I guess this we should probably wait till the time travel month, right? To, to go turn well, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I don't know. See, <clears throat> I like to see him as a good guy. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, man. Like even though you, you can come, you know, Team One Thousand's cool mm-hmm. and all that. I'll tell I, you, and I, mean, I think probably because of the action. Yeah. I think maybe I like the story I, of Terminator better, but I think the action. And when I think of Arnold, I think more of action than the story. Right. Um, I think I like the action of Terminator 2 better. Right. Right. It's just, it's, it seems like it's on a bigger scale than... Mm-hmm. Terminator was a very small movie. Yeah. I mean, the biggest area of destruction, I think, was the was the police, police station. station. And that was it. Yeah. Which is the most memorable scene. Probably. Right. Yeah. But no, I think for me, Arnold, the Arnold movies for me, I think would be T2 and uh, probably Predator. Because it wasn't that... It wasn't as the cheesy, or it still wasn't the cheesy, or there wasn't as much of the cheesiness over it. It was more, I thought, the more serious role, mm-hmm. where there was, they didn't try to do little comedy bits and all that with them. I mean, there was some try where they tried to be cool with it, but it wasn't like, the, they didn't, there was nothing really funny about that movie. They didn't try to be funny in any way. And neither with Terminator, but I'm saying, yeah. I, I actually liked his performance in Terminator 1 better. Yeah. With Terminator 2, you liked the character better. Right. Yeah. But I like yeah. that he played, because in that one, everything else, if you look, he played typically a good guy. Yeah. And that was the first role where he played a bad guy. Yeah. And it was just better seeing, I think I like seeing him as the bad guy, because he's just a good bad guy, too. Well, he can do the, he you can know, pull the well, this is a good guy, he can save everybody, and that was the first time where he wasn't. Right. And it was, it was, I think I actually have, like, little, somewhat, I, I think I remember after seeing that, somewhat, some dreams or nightmares <laughs> with him. Like chasing me down because it was just like a thing that just kept coming. See, I had, night- I had nightmares after seeing him in Ro- Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's Whoops. where my nightmares came from. Speaking of him doing a more serious role, I showed you that trailer. Yeah. The other day, there's a movie that's coming out, or it's already out. I think it was at one of the film festivals, but it's a a movie where it's a serious role. And what was that one called? Isn't it called like Maggie or? Yeah. It was like Maggie it was, was a, the yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a name and it's supposed person. to be, it's like a zombie apocalypse movie and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the dad and he finds out that his daughter I don't know if his daughter is in college or she's away somewhere and I think it's Abigail Breslin plays the part and he I guess, zombie apocalypse has already happened and he finds his daughter somewhere but finds out that she's infected and mm-hmm. that she's going to be slowly turning. And I guess the whole movie is he's trying to either protect her or help find a cure for her or whatever, but um, that there were actually some people writing online saying this could be a movie where he wins awards for his acting because he did such a great job with it. I've, I've never, I don't know that I've ever looked at an Arnold movie and said, yeah. I'm <laughs> looking at that to see if he wins an acting award. All right, well, I think that's probably it. Did everybody get their Arnold Impersonation. Sure. I think we all did it at one point. I I tried, man. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know who this even sounds like. <laughs> no more. You, you can never like, do. You sound like a waiter. <laughs> sound like a waiter at a Beijing fancy restaurant. Beijing <laughs> 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 your enemies.
Jason did not try it, though, for the record. No, he hasn't. He's just still, hey, still I, didn't, I didn't see the movie, so I don't have it. You don't have it. Good call. Good call. It's cheating. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I got you. All right, man. Try fast and take risks. Will do. <laughs> You've just blessed your ears with another episode of the 30-something movies podcast. You can interact with us on Twitter, at 30podcast. That's at 30podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. We've also got a blog where you can listen directly to the episodes there, 30podcast.wordpress.com. If you are not already doing so, you can get the podcast regularly sent to your device by subscribing in iTunes. We are on the iTunes store, the 30-something movie podcast. And if you have not yet, please leave a review for us on iTunes. But remember, we all have extremely fragile egos, so be kind.